I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? We are once again joined by Greg Hahn. Greg, how are you? I'm doing just fine here in the age of COVID, as as great as you can be doing. I mean, I think that's it. As long as you have some uh, Instacart coming and you have, at this point, more masks than I have clothes. <laughs> one for every occasion. Yeah. I have a is. fancy one for going out that I haven't used, but, you know, day one of this being over, it's going to be real nice. Yeah, I've got some custom uh, uh, masks that I ordered, like, online and stuff just to... Just because it's it's part of our it's part of our outfit now. That's that's a that's yeah. a semi permanent part of 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 what we're gonna look like going forward. So you know you gotta kind of change it up, make sure you have different styles. It's gonna be the new weird like, I mean it probably already is the new weird like fashion thing. Oh yeah, it'll be yeah. like the tie and the bow tie, and it'll always come with something. You'll be fitted for it. They'll measure everything out. I already had a dentist appointment and I was wearing like a, a shirt that by happenstance matched my mask. And the woman was like, Oh, look at you. And I was like, no, no, I have two masks, three masks. I'm not should have owned it. Not going out enough to match masks. <laughs> uh, did anybody get any toys this week? I did. As a matter of fact, Justin, I, after our last episode that is, will be up by the time this one is, I have fallen very deeply into the Power Rangers Lightning Collection Ooh. and picked up the Red Ranger Jason and the White Ranger from Hasbro Pulse. And I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> now, how nice. can you say for sure that that Red Ranger is Jason and, um, and not Rocky? Like, how do you know? Oh. Does well, it come it with a head? It does come with a head mold, but also there's a correct answer to who the Red Ranger is. <laughs> And it I is mean, not Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I always position him over the shoulder so you only can see the back of his head, proving it's Jason for when he leaves the team. <laughs> I guess really to get it down, he would need to have the dragon shield. I don't think Rocky ever had the dragon shield. I can't say for sure. <laughs> Who can? <laughs> Definitely not me. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched, I dabbled in some Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the day, so I picked up a few things. Yeah. After last that. week's episode, I know way more than I did before, but uh, I didn't retain it. I feel like it was lost on me, Like, Like, I should have been paying more attention during that episode. Everything you guys taught me about Power Rangers, I think, has already left my my brain. I'm sorry. Well, now you know how I am with all of this wrestling knowledge that just keeps dripping away. Fair enough. 
you never of, need to know who Akeem the African Dream is again. I think there's just going to be sets of sparkly men in tights that you and I constantly forget about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of men in tights, I got a men in tights this week. A man in tights this week. Uh, I got the Cyborg Spider-Man oh. on the retro Spidey line. Oh, nice. Um, oh, yeah, the car back is, like, very similar to the one in the 90s, I want to say. Is that how they're doing it? That's how they're doing it. That's how they're stealing money from me is making these <laughs> car backs. I, uh, yeah, usually I'm an opener, but I have a real problem opening these. Uh, yeah, they just, they look so nice on these old card backs. Um, I didn't know I needed a cyborg Spider-Man, but apparently I did. I was going to say, that was one that I thought about passing, but every time I see it, I'm more like, I want, I kind of want it. (laughs) Well, it's from a very specific issue of, uh, Spider-Man, of McFarlane's Spider-Man where he put together a group of heroes to go up against the uh, Sinister Six. And this is like, this hits me right in my like comic book nostalgia area. Because even though like the McFarlane Spider-Man is not like my favorite comic Spider-Man stuff, um, it is when I started buying Spider-Man comics weekly. So nostalgia wise, this stuff is just perfect for me. What happened to Spidey? He, he lost an arm and he needed a cybernetic arm to replace it. Yeah. It, uh, I don't even remember exactly what happened. I know that cyborg was in, uh, this so i think it had something to do with cyborg like maybe cyborg helped him get the arm i don't remember the specifics of the issue uh i just remember the cover of him and cyborg next to each other um cyborg from dc no cyborg wait who am i thinking of did i get the name wrong Yes. Yes, yes I, you did. I would imagine so. Oh, I no. Would, I was like, was this that weird DC Marvel crossover period? No, it was What's-His-Face. What is his name? Shit, why can I not think of this character's name? Deathlock? Yes, Deathlock. There it is. Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. COVID is done to me. Cyborg. I believe he gets this actually from a scientist named Oscar McDonald, Justin. Yeah, I, I have not read the issue since it came out in the 90s. So It's definitely a, a very deep one. I vaguely remember it being in the animated show once, too. But I think it probably now- was since they're using this card back. Yeah, it was for the Sinister Six. It's fine. Well, I'm humiliated and I feel like I don't deserve this. Oh, no. You deserve it, Justin. It's going back. It's going back to Target, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't deserve it. Greg. Yes. You you have accomplished something during this COVID. Before we we get into this, I I want to talk about some things I bought. Before we get into the nitty gritty of of what this episode's about, you know, I – 
I will say that we're going to be talking about Battle Beasts, and I um, I told myself after completing uh, my collection this year that I wouldn't buy any other toys for the rest of the year. And it's been difficult, but I've mostly stayed true to that with a couple uh, asterisks and uh, ex- exceptions that I've, I've made for myself. Let's see if you guys agree that I have not broken my rule. Okay. So one thing I've done is I, I did a trade. That's not a purchase, right? That counts. That doesn't, yep. you know, right. That's cool. So, you know, I, I got this dino rider here. I traded for some of the, the human uh, dino riders, which were significantly lamer than this awesome dude. Um, so that one's cool. Right. I, mm-hmm. I also bought, I've been playing a lot of D and D digitally with some friends weekly um, over the course of COVID. And so I bought a figure of my character off of hero forge, which I wouldn't normally consider part of my toy collection. It was, it was for an, it was for a different hobby that I needed to do that. So there's, there's an extra exception. And then the third thing is um, my wife and I split uh, the price of a Boglin off the new Boglin Kickstarter. Oh, so awesome. I did buy that within the calendar year. However, it's not going to arrive till next year. And it was approved by my wife. So those are all the, those are all the exceptions to the rules I've made. Everything else, everything else, I, I, I have not purchased any other toys since, since buying all of, uh, collecting all of the Battle Beasts which I have done. I think that's totally fair. Uh, <laughs> technically, the Boglin is not an action figure. Uh, right. Another asterisk there. Yeah. Uh, it's a purchase from for the home, obviously, since you yeah, made it goods. together. Home goods, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this all checks out, and I think it's totally fine. Great. The Boglins... <laughs> Boglins coming back are so bizarre, and I love it. It was such a when I was a kid, like I was so fascinated with puppets and, uh, you know, it, like after Return of the Jedi, like all I thought about was like weird puppets and stuff like that. So when the Boglins came out, it was like you had an opportunity to actually own something that was something like that. Um, Blake, do you remember the Boglins? Barely. I vaguely remember them. So they were these creatures that were like the size of like a small melon. And they were a puppet. So you could actually put your hand in them and make them talk. And they're, eyes would move and stuff like that and they were just awesome yeah and they're now just, the they're really the expressive yeah they're ver- they're so expressive because they're made of like a very flexible rubber and they also have a mechanism inside that allows you to adjust the eyes so they move back and forth so it's more than just a mouth flapping puppet it has like this extra feature to it and uh i always i always admired them as a kid and i always wanted one and i've just been like looking at them for I don't know the last couple of years I just every once in a while I'll watch the old Boglins commercial I'll be like man those things are so cool and then when the Kickstarter landed and hit its goal within like hours I I was like well I gotta get in on this before it's too late so so we decided 
per, a home purchase. My wife and I collabed on that one. We had to, we have to get one. So, so that's coming. So that's coming. I hate to bring this up, but I hope you have a prenup now that you guys have invested in a bottle. That's going to, that could be a sticky situation. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> I hope you called your lawyer. <laughs> let them know we're buying a boggling together this is the big step that i wasn't i wasn't actually thinking about you know <laughs> between pet and child is boggling yeah <laughs> uh, well congratulations on your boggling uh i still <laughs> have my originals uh but yeah I, i'm hoping to dive into some of those kickstarters uh, next year because they're great. I love them. Yeah. Uh, so you accomplished, I don't know many people who accomplished anything this year, That's but true. you <laughs> accomplished <laughs> completing your battle beast collection. Yes. In the oh, year 2020. Yes. 2020 is not a waste. It is not, you know, like I did something um, meaningful this year. <laughs> I did something, I, I accomplished a lifelong goal uh, and I collected all 76 of the original Battle Beasts within this year. I mean, I've had a number of them prior to now, but I, I closed up the holes in my collection. I finally did it. I got one of each guy. Um, I'm not a guy who collects accessories, so I didn't get all the weapons because that's that's an insane task that, that costs probably double what I've already spent just doing just doing that. But um, yeah, using using the magic of Instagram, um, I was able to coordinate a number of, of small purchases and and make it happen. And there's nothing more satisfying than like finally finishing a collection. It also leaves a weird emptiness inside you, but um, but it it really feels like. Like I'm, I, I did something I've been meaning to do for a really long time and looking at them all on the shelf together is truly, is truly something special. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I think we need to rewind yeah. to the beginning. Honestly, I don't know a lot about battle beasts and I'm here to learn. Well, I am happy to take you guys to school because I've done extensive Battle Beast research over the years. Uh, I've learned a lot about these little guys. For those who aren't familiar with what Battle Beasts even are, they are small anthropomorphic animals with cybernetic robot armor. Uh, and they are roughly the size of my, for my, my, my maybe my number one favorite toy, uh, muscle figures. They're a little bit larger. Here's a couple guys right here, the penguin and the shark. Um, and they each have a little holographic rub sign that's, that's heat-based. So you put your thumb on it, and you can see what the symbol is in the middle of their chest. Uh, it's kind of a, like a rocks, paper, scissors situation, with, uh, with the three categories being wood, fire, and water. Uh, and what I love about the commercial for the original Battle Beast is they explain it quite eloquently so they have two beasts and one of them yells wood the other yells fire fire burn wood and they go fire water water put out fire 
And then they go, water, wood, wood beats water, which is not something I can make a logical sense out of. Well, but it sounds, sure. like, it sounds like they have a better <laughs> handle on how to prevent any type of fires than California's own government does. That's right. That's right. And they can defeat water with wood. So whatever that means. Um, and, and so these figures, uh, they were first produced by Takara Tomy in Japan in 1986 under the name Beast Formers, uh, which is actually, because this is actually a Transformers spinoff brand. And they even appeared in an episode of the Japanese exclusive Transformers cartoon show, Transformers the Headmasters. So then a year later, they were released in the United States under the name Battle Beasts. Uh, and that's that's how I got my hands on them as a, as a little kid. And they would come in like two packs or the significantly less common eight packs. And they're just the coolest little bastards. And I, I absolutely love them. Uh, what else can I what else can I say about 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 that? Uh, <laughs> Did you first fall for these when you were a kid? Yes, I, I had gotten a small handful of them in the late 80s when I was four or five years old at the time. I even remember there was, there was one time where I was with a friend and his, like, his, a friend's mom was taking care of us and we were walking through a supermarket and they had some battle beasts there. And we both like, just kind of ran over and started looking at them. And, and, and our friend's mom bought one, pack of, one two pack of battle beasts and we could each keep one. And I got the danger dog and the other kid got the rabbit. And even though I understood that like my friend's mom doesn't have to buy me anything, but she did. And that was really nice. I still was like, oh man, but I want the rabbit too. That's not, I want all of them. This is, this is only the beginning. Uh, So that really, that really stuck with me. As a kid, did you actually battle with them? Did you do the fire beats wood and a little bit kind of but stuff or did you just a little bit but that's limiting uh you know you could you, you could do that for only so long and then you're treating them like you would any other action figure where they're battling each other in large armies and you're deciding who's at the top of the castle and who's the big boss guy and just basing that on on uh whatever your creativity allowed you to do but uh they i they were just they i don't know why they in they penetrated into my psyche in such a, such a deep way. But I just, as I guess, as I grew older, I I saw it was more possible for me to finally, finally get that collection. And, and there's a, there, believe it or not, there's like a pretty strong fan community that is just really encouraging these, these sales and purchases and like, I've, I, I met up, I, I meet up, I, I, I chatted with a number of people via Instagram who were like really wanting to help me complete this. I would say, oh, I'm missing these, these seven, eight, 10 guys at any point. And they would be like, I'll keep my eye out. I'll let you know. And then I would get private messages where they go, hey, I found this one. I'm, I'm letting you know before I put it up on my Instagram for, for the wider audience to sell. So it's really cool. There's some really, there's some really great collectors out there. And they're doing all kinds of cool stuff too. They're making custom figures and they're doing 3D prints with like completely original characters. They're mashing them up with like Star Wars and they're mashing them up with like making making these homages 
it, there's there's reproduction. I bought a, a number of reproduction arms for my beasts that had gone armless over the years. And so I bought like, you know, bootleg arms, basically. My wife helped paint them up and I was able to bring my beasts to life, bring them, give them new life after uh, having been armless for so many years. Man, that's wonderful. And I'm yeah. assuming they probably do that with the weapons too, right? The repro. The weapons are a little harder to come by, but because just, you know, reproducing anything is kind of expensive. It almost, uh, you can do it, but they're going to be about the same price as the actual weapons. So. so how many do you think you had when you were a kid? Honestly, when I was a kid, I probably had a little less than like half of them. I had like 30-ish, I would say. I had a good amount. I was buying them. I was picking them up. I, at one point, was able to purchase one of the eight packs, which I've found, I've discovered now is actually a pretty rare instance in the United States. They didn't, they didn't release a ton of them. So those figures saved me a lot of money in, in, in this day and age, because if I had tried to collect them now, they would have cost a lot more. Uh, but thankfully I picked them up at a, at a mall once and, and I got those guys. So yeah, I had a good amount of them, but it wasn't enough. I needed them all. Uh, and I, and I finally done it. Um, but even within, even having done all of that, there's much more than just the 76 beasts. I am not bold or rich enough to, to aim to collect all of the things, but there's, there's a lot more stuff that I'm, I'm happy to discuss with you guys if you're interested. Before we go into like the, like the extent of the, I want to, I want to kind of focus on the main collection sure. a little while longer yes, because one of the things that really like how many of your current collection do you think came from your childhood? Did you keep oh, them? All, all of the childhood? I, I am not a person who got rid of my toys. I didn't, I didn't allow that to happen. I, I would have killed my parents if they had, if they had done anything to, to my toy collection. I have, I have everything that I didn't, I have almost everything from my childhood. Most, not all of it's here in Los Angeles. Some of it's still, you know, packed away at my, at my, in my grandmother's attic, but I have all of the battle beasts from my childhood in this collection. And now they are joined by uh, all the new recruits. <laughs> so so yeah. then at what point and how did you start adding on to the collection as an adult? Um, it was a slow start, actually. I, I, I'm part of this uh, message board. And I have been for going on like 12, 12 to 15 years now, I, somewhere in that, in that range. It's called the Little Rubber Guys board. Uh, and that has really helped enrich my, my love for muscle toys and uh, and battle beasts, monster in my pockets, all of the things of the of the you know about two inch scale toys that are, which are kind of the primary stuff that I collect. That has been like the hub. So I kind of started out there learning more and more about this stuff, and occasionally picking up one or two in a trade or buying one from this guy or one from that guy. But in in the last year and a half, two years, Instagram has been like the place. I follow a couple guys who are really passionate about battle beasts. They were all very instrumental in, in helping me, helping me hit this goal. And what was the last battle beast that you needed to complete the collection? Um, I needed two. I was down to two more. I needed, I have one of them right here. 
This is Sawtooth Shark. Uh, he's a very popular one. He's actually a little bit larger than most of the other beasts. Uh, he's just a little heftier. He's about a half a head taller. So um, that was one of them. And, and, and it's just because I think he's a little bit more desired, but it wasn't any more expensive than most of them. Generally, they range used, if you're buying them individually, anywhere from 6 to up to $20, but usually between like 6 and 12 and then some of the other ones go a little bit higher than that. Um, so it wasn't a terribly expensive collection to, to finish up. But again, it's really niche. So you kind of got to be looking in the right places to do it. Yeah. And especially like if you are looking for them in good condition, I feel like um, that gets even more difficult. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not. I actually, you know, like having being OK with the ones from my childhood, which were like scuffed up some of them are missing the rub sign entirely i kind of set the bar lower than a lot of toy collectors do and i'm willing to go like it's okay if he's a little beat up that just gives him character so that's that's i was like if they don't have the rub signs i'm cool with it as long as they have both their arms that's that's that was my goal yeah like i'm the same way with like my hasbro wwf and my old ninja turtles like i like having the ones that are kind of a little beaten up and have like they've been played with. I like that they've been played with. Yeah, they have battle scars. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So were you aware of the larger outside of the 76 before you got on Instagram and started diving in? No, absolutely not. The there were the 76 beasts that even then I was like, I didn't I was a little iffy on how many there were at, at a certain point, but you know, I learned about that and then I learned about how there's more there's beyond that there's another 36 figures most of which were only released in japan but a few of which did come out in the united states and those are referred to as the laser beasts uh i've got one right here this is the lobster one he's pretty sweet and you'll see they don't have the rub sign in the middle they have what looks like some sort of like marble and it, and if you look there's like a little hole in the back and you can look through that and see the sign in in that. It, there's the, there's water, fire, oh. wood hidden in this like marble, um, and so that's the yeah. They just took a different approach with it, and so the laser beasts are like really cool. They're generally a lot more expensive. I have I have three of them that I've just kind of gotten. Uh, I actually got I picked up one in Japan, and the other two I purchased at really decent price. So I was pretty happy with that, but I don't think I'm going to be making the next leap in collecting those because they, they go upwards of 150, 200 bucks on their own. Uh, just that's, loose that's like that. Just loose. Yeah. So wow. that's a, that's a tall order. I don't think I'm going to be going that way. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, who knows, I, right? What, I mean, who knows what I, the future will bring? <laughs> I could be persuaded to pick up one or two more here and there. And then before long I go, Oh crap. Well, now I just got to do this, but I don't know if that's, if that's, uh, if my wallet will allow it. And you've also been getting into, if I remember correctly, the world of like the bootleg beasts as well. Yes. So beyond, before I get to the boot, well, before I get to the bootlegs, I will say, there's other stuff that are official, officially licensed Battle Beast stuff that 
there's some cool things in there. First, there's a few weird color variants that go for like absurd amounts of money because the mole has a black armor instead of a dark purple armor. And suddenly that like skyrockets the price. There's some cool vehicles, some of which are very expensive, some of which you could find for a decent price. And uh, I'll just say right now, I saw one on Instagram the other day. It was 20 something bucks for like one of these vehicles in perfect shape. I, I, I told myself I cannot spend any more money on toys. So I just messaged my wife and I went, I need you to message this guy. Here's the Christmas present you're getting me. So I anticipate one of those is coming my way at the end of the year, but fingers (laughs) crossed for that. Um, (laughs) Can't say for sure, but I have a good instinct. Uh, You know, there's some weird color premiums. There's, there's like the 80s did all kinds of stuff, right? They did bed sheets, coloring books, cassette tapes, weird children's Halloween costumes. Battle Beast has all of that. And they also have this thing called the bandolier. So it's a, it's literally like, you know, a bandolier belt that you wear around you and you can clip Battle Beasts to it. So oh, sure. It's a, it's a weird toy, but it exists. And I, I, I just love that there's strange stuff out there. And that brings us back around to the, to the knockoffs. There are, there's some great knockoff toys. And I, I talked about this, I think last time we, we uh, chatted, but I picked up one uh, of these knockoffs that is right here. He is right here. It's an owl from the line called Transmegator, also known as Zutron Defenders or Animal Robot Fighters. And so they're like the derpiest, stupidest versions of Battle Beasts with these tiny little useless arms. And, and they're just horrible. They're like really ugly and dumb looking. And I needed one. I needed to do it. And I would love to get more of these stupid things too. Um, but they also, there's, there's Russian knockoffs. In, in Greece, Spain, and Indonesia, they have very specific bootleg, bootleg lines that copied different beasts, and different arms, and mismatched them, and had them monocolored, and some of them in different materials. It, this is a line of toys that really went all over the planet and was distributed in all kinds of different ways. And that's the kind of stuff that I really can kind of sink my teeth into. That's great, yeah. Yeah. I've been getting into more of that kind of stuff on the wrestling end too. Do you have any of those? I, um, I forgot the company that made them, but they, they look like the Hasbro line, but they're not the Hasbro line. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a couple of those. <laughs> those are fantastic. I absolutely love that stuff. They uh, there's one I have in particular that it's believed that some of the heads for those were heads that were sculpted for the last unreleased Hasbro line and were sold to that company that then made bootleg versions sold to that company or they acquired the molds or whatever happens. (laughs) I'm glad I have. (laughs) So what's, what's next? Is there another collection you want to finish? Well, um, there's more to Battle Beasts. I'm going to continue on. <laughs> I have yeah. so much more to say. There's so that be, but there's other stuff. We'll get into that. But um, the there's another line that came out a few years ago 
um, mostly in Japan, but you know, it leaked over here and you can buy things online nowadays. So it's a lot easier. Um, there's a line called beast saga, which is kind of the spiritual predecessor of battle beasts. And, uh, I've ended up collecting a number of these often as gifts from my wife and my brother. And then there were a few that I just needed to get myself, but these dudes, so here's the shark beast saga figure. Uh, here he is next to the battle beast. So you can see they're a little bit bigger. They've got more moving parts, arms and legs. And I, I have all the weapons for these guys. And also, rather than a rub sign, they have like a dice in the middle of their chest. That ah. so that so the battling is a little more complex. There's like a symbol that gives them power, but there's also like numbers. And so you can like it's supposed to be like a three on three game where you pick your three beasts against your three friends beasts. And there's mathematics involved and there's, uh, I don't know, but it's kind of the spiritual predecessor. They have their, uh, the spiritual, uh, not predecessor, uh, the, the follow-up. And uh, they had a car- they had a cartoon over there in Japan too. And it's basically the same kind of thing. Uh, I'm not going to collect them all. I, it's just too much. It's just too much, but I do have a good chunk of them. And they're those are really cool. They're pretty cool. They're pre- I mean, here's, How here's many of one. those are there? Uh, I want to say there's around 40 or 40 or 50 of them. But then they also have the, the alt versions, which are like, you know, like a clear, you know, you can get the variants and all stuff like that. But how awesome is this dude? Right? Wow. <laughs> turtle captain guy. I mean. Oh, I, I love that. He's so great. He's so great. Um, so... Yeah, it's like it's it's a, it's a started out as one collection and it's just kind of keeps spinning off into these little extended things that I feel like I need to collect. Oh, you have just to, to have, finish those. And just to have <laughs> samples of everything. That's kind of my MO. Uh, I like that you could play crafts with the dice ones. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really cool. It's really cool. And they're they're just, I don't know, they're delightful toys. I I I I absolutely adore them and I and they look, they look so cool on the shelf when you've got like, I mean, this works with any toy collection, but when you've got like the whole set and you've built your little army and you just can look at it with pride. Sometimes I find myself just standing in front of my shelf, just going like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did it. <laughs> I fucking did it, man. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. It's great. It's great. And, and there, like I said, there's like a community behind it. And there's like people who are passionate about this stuff. There's this website called the beast formers blog, where this guy has documented everything I've said in unnecessarily verbose, extensive detail and, and much more. He goes into every single thing and he explains all of the lines, where they came from, what the logic is behind why the bootleg lines have these arms, but with these bodies and just, just like so much mental gymnastics put into understanding why and how they were distributed to certain places. You know how a lot of action figures, they have like markings on them. In addition to the copyright, there's maybe like a little number or a letter. And that means which, which of the factories it came from or which, which rollout it was part of. And they've analyzed this to a T 
So I just find that stuff like the coolest, just being able to dig deep on that. Do you think, do you think there's beasts that you haven't seen? I think that these guys, there are these people, there are these dudes on the internet who have done all of the research that can possibly be done at this point. So no, I think that they've, I think they've cracked all the codes at this point, but every once in a while being part of these, these communities of small minifigure collectors, you get surprised. Something comes out of the woodwork and someone goes, I found this figure in this color and I can't explain it. And suddenly it's, it becomes this, this group, this group, you know, science experiment where everybody's hypothesizing and trying to figure out where it came from. So it wouldn't terribly shock me if something else came out of the woodwork, but I feel like they've, they might've reached the limit on a toy line that ended, you know, in 1989. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yes. (laughs) Oh man. That was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Yikes. Yeah. You'll see also on this Beast Formers block, something I love is so the Laser Beasts, uh, they only came out in Japan for the most part. And so their names were always poorly translated. So this guy who runs this blog, he's kind of the foremost expert in the community. And so he's gone on this like mission of like being like, we're renaming some of these beasts because we feel like the translation wasn't perfect enough. So there's like, there's a full explanation of like, here's what it was and why it was mistranslated. Here's the new official, semi-official name for our community uh, and why we've come to that point. And I, it's just this kind of detail that, that just drives my fandom for, for weird toy lines uh, in, rather than, you know, as much as I can appreciate Star Wars and Ninja Turtles, like this weird stuff is, is, is the juicy stuff for me. Uh, Blake, wait, were you aware of Battle Beast growing up? Oh, I was just saying before we started, vaguely. I knew them kind of in connection to mistaking them with Beast Wars when that was kind of out and popular. Uh, Especially because there was like a Transformer connection. Yeah. Like, I feel like that confused me a little bit. I think that was always kind of that way. And I was... When the Beast Wars cartoon started, that was also when animation was like, it's 3D now. And even as a kid, I was like, this is not as good as the 2D. Why are we, this is still a debate I have with people about why Beast Wars is not very good. But um, uh, people I don't love know it. if I agree with that, Blake. I never I, connected to it. I was super into Beast Wars and I'm not a, I generally wasn't into the Transformers shows, but Beast Wars sucked me in hard when I was I knew a, a lot of people like that. I mean, the Beast Wars show though, they they had some real heavy character moments on that show. They really like, they, they, you know, they would have a, a characters go from, from Decepticon to Autobot uh, or what was the Beast Wars equivalent? I don't, I don't re- recall offhand, but I remember there was some like, really like they would kill characters off. And I felt like a lot of shows in that period, like would never do that. Or they would do this thing where two characters would merge together like that, like, horrible voyager episode of tuvix where they would just they just combined they combined two two transformers beasts into now they're one person 
and just the complex nature of what that means. Uh, they did all kinds of cool stuff on that show. There wasn't a Battle Beast show, right? No, they had appeared in one episode of a Japanese anime Transformers series that I now have a bootleg copy of. But here's the thing. It was never, it, it, it was it was translated into English, but it was done so by like, by like, I, I'm not even sure, like some Indonesian company or something like that. And it's all poorly done, poorly recorded, varying levels of quality from character to character voice. So it's basically, it's the worst dubbed thing I've ever watched. Um, but I, but I needed to, I needed to own that. I have that file and I have the entire Beast Saga series on my computer and it's all unwatchable, but it's, it's, it needs, I needed that. I needed that to be part of my collection too. <laughs> so what is, the, what is the lore? Like how do the Battle Beasts <laughs> fit into the Transformers like universe? Yeah. Um, in the Transformers, uh, uh, what was it called? Transformers Headmasters cartoon show. The, the Transformers basically stumble upon two, two battle beasts in outer space who are like, you got to help us. Shit's going down on our planet. And then they go down to the planet and there's like bad guys. You know, half of them are bad guys. It's, it's a real simple story. The, the, these get, the evil ones are attacking and enslaving people. You got to help us. And so they do. Um, nothing, nothing too special or interesting, honestly, but so they're essentially on a planet. They're on their own planet. Yes. Planet Beast. In the Transformers universe. Yes. I would imagine Planet Beasts exists in the Cybertron, uh, in the greater Cybertron, uh, lore. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that makes perfect works. sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? It's a, there's a planet of robot people there could be a planet of animal people yes yeah and i feel like uh, who knows if this is still going to happen but i feel like they were like paramount was like building toward a giant like hasbro cinematic universe where Mm -hmm. like all of these things would have existed in like the same continuity, like mass. I feel like they were talking about that for a while, that there was a real like toy verse that was going to come. It's so cool if that happened. Um, Unfortunately, I'm currently, I will say I'm currently doing a project for Hasbro. And so I had to inquire about Battle Beasts. Uh, And I learned that they, the rights are not completely theirs. It all, Part of it's probably owned by Takara Tomi over in Japan. And so their arms are tied. We can't really do anything with, about that. But I, I, ab- I obviously had to ask. Good for you. <laughs> you guys looking for a Battle Beast pitch? I don't have it, but I will do it. it there's, there's nothing to it. It's, it they're, they're animals in robot suits. There's almost not enough starting point to really flesh that. I mean, if, if I sat down and really thought about it, I'm sure I can come up with it, but it's it's you got to make sense of the lore too. And, and I don't know what that is yet. I wish I did. I feel like I failed as a writer just now, but. <laughs> it sounds very in like playability. It sounds very similar to Pokemon. There are types and certain types beat other ones. Mm-hmm. So I guess start there. <laughs> this seems so much more cool than Pokemon. though. 
Well, oh, let's yeah. not go crazy. Well, I think There's something no that, detective one yet. <laughs> that not yet. But I think something that was so appealing about it is like, in some ways, it's like the badass, hyper masculine version of Care Bears or something. A lot of these more obscure 80s and 90s lines are coming back. Like we talked earlier about the Boglins. Mm-hmm. Do you think Battle Beast will come back? I think they've sort like I said with the Beast Saga, they sort of came back already. That was also Takara Tomi releasing those figures. So I think that was them coming back. Um, will they ever come back in the same exact format as the originals? That it doesn't seem like toys even work that way anymore, right? They try to modernize, if anything, you know, uh, if they did like a NECA version of a battle beast at that scale, like I'd have to get a couple of them. That's exactly what I pictured when I asked you that question was like a seven inch battle beast. That's like very detailed. Yeah. And if they know that's the direction it would go. (laughs) I mean, and also because those, those toy companies lean into the nostalgia factor, they, they stick with the same color schemes and they stick with the same, you know, like they, they, like, didn't they make like a Mondo Gecko recently that looks just like the action figure one? And same thing with Slash, yep. right? They did that with the whole Ninja Turtles line. Like, if they did that with Battle Beasts, well, one, there'd be fewer people interested. But <laughs> I, but I would undoubtedly have to get a couple of them. I mean, it would. It, I mean, it would now be that there's like Barnyard Commandos coming back and stuff like that, it's not out of the realm of possibility the Battle Beasts coming back in that form. I I've got my fingers crossed for it. That would be so cool. Uh, is there anything else battle beast wise you want to share with the world? Huh? Is there anything? Oh, I guess I'll, I'll, one thing I left out was there was a fourth rub sign that was like super rare that it was advertised on the packaging in the United States, but it actually never came out here. It only came out in some, some obscure boxes in Japan and it was the sunburst. And so if you got the the lion, the pirate lion, who's kind of the face of the brand, if you got him with a sunburst on it, that beats all of them. That beats wood, fire, and water. So that was like a mythical thing. And as a kid, I was like, oh man, I hope I get a sunburst. And I didn't know that there was actually zero chance of me getting it because it was never <laughs> released here, but they put it on the package. <laughs> But that's kind of that's the, horrible. But that's kind of the stuff that happened in eighties toys. I feel like where they were just like, yeah. "Oh, we already produced the art for the packaging. Are we going to release the toy? <laughs> Who knows?" But just fucking throw it out there. I, I, I mean, I was buying them anyway, but I was disappointed there was no sunburst. But even still, just the the idea that it was out there just kind of created this extra, this extra lore, this extra thing that I wanted to like keep collecting did, and it, see what happened. Yeah. But it did come out in Japan? It came out in Japan in some sort of like specialty box sets where you either got the sunburst version of Lion or you got like a clear col- a clear carp or was it the gator? One of the other ones, like it was a, it was a completely monocolored, but like uh, you could see through it figurine, a very, very, you know, rare whatever figure. There's a bunch of like weird, weird one-off ones like that, that, if you really want to dig deep, Beastformers blog, that's the place to go. With its connection to Transformers, is this something where, like, if you're a hardcore Transformer fan, 
or transformer completists, you need to get these as well. Have you run into that? I, I don't know. I, you know, I honestly don't run in the same toy collecting circles as, as transformer collectors explicitly, you know, the, the guys who like mini figures tend to, I mean, everybody stretches out a little bit, but they tend to collect mini figures. So I don't, I don't know if the transformers community embraces battle beasts in the same way. I couldn't say. Interesting. I yeah. feel like the next time we have a transformer guy on, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him. Yeah. I would be curious to know if that, if that's something that they feel like is missing in their collection, or if you suddenly open a Pandora's box for them when you mention that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they get very angry. They're like, they're not transformers. I could see I mean, that too. <laughs> they don't transform. So if that's your, if that's where your bar is. Greg, congratulations. Thank you so Sincerely, much. Sincerely. It made me so happy when I saw your Instagram post that you had completed the collection. Like it, something actually good happened to someone this year. Uh, and you can enjoy them inside your home without having to go out. Exactly. It's the perfect quarantine item. It is. It is a true accomplishment in the age of COVID. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Greg Hahn. And if you like toys and action figures, and if you're listening to this, you probably do, follow me on Instagram at It's Greg's Toys. I've also, uh, I'm also co-hosting a podcast called The D Plus Cast, where we discuss everything Disney Plus and beyond in the world of streaming entertainment. So check us out. Uh, you can find it at D Plus Cast, all spelled out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And all the places you would find podcasts. What's your Disney Plus recommendation? Is there any hidden gem on there that people should be checking out? No. No, there isn't. Disney Plus does not have hidden gems. Disney Plus has everything you expect Disney Plus has. Uh, and then a bunch of like garbage that that they, they're just filling it out with. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the truth is our podcast, we probably discuss a little bit more the, the world of streaming and, 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 you know, and kind of the, how, as each of these different um, platforms are popping up, what they're trying to do in the streaming wars, that's kind of the real discussion that we get into. And then we try to cover when new cool things show up on Disney plus, and even when new cool things show up on other services, we just talked saved by the bell last week. And so we're always just kind of trying to keep our finger on the pulse. Yeah. Blake, where can people find us? Well, Justin, first they can leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that they're listening to the show. If they're doing it on YouTube, they can hit subscribe and leave us a comment. That was my typing motion on the camera. Uh, then they can head over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash how do you figure. They can find us on how do you figure PC on Twitter and how do you figure podcast on Instagram. Justin also, of course, does the Tournament of Nerds the third Saturday of every month on Twitch.tv at Chuckleface. The best comedy show in Los Angeles is now the third best on Twitch. I don't know that. I just made up that number. Uh, I, of course, also do a movie podcast called You Can't Do That Anymore about how our feelings on movies have changed over the years and if things can even get made the same way they used to. And uh, that'd be it.